From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Hey guys, welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. And I am Kyle Wenzel. And we're excited to have you guys back for another week of the show. And before we get into the show, just want to remind everyone of our new PayPal donate button that we have on our website. Go to the thinkingoutloudmedia.com, thinkingoutloudmedia.com. And why don't you go there? If you love this show, you like what we're doing here, why don't you throw us some support? And you can do that by a one-time payment, or you can set up for recurring payments as well. So we're excited that we've got that on the show for you guys. And then join the conversation. You can join the conversation today or at any time by texting 248-301-2010. That's 248 248- Three zero one twenty ten. So you can join the conversation today. Text us and just let us know what you think of the show today. Text in some questions, comments. If you've got some show suggestions that you want, you say, "Hey, Kev, I want I want to know about whatever." You can ask us anything about the Bible, theology, scriptures, politics, other world religions. Oh, I don't care. Whatever your question is, send them into us. And we're going to do our best to tackle them on the show uh, from time to time. If it's a full show, we may just do an entire show on it. If it's something that we feel like that, we, you know, we can just do a segment of the show and maybe take five minutes to answer your question, we certainly will do that. But we want to be those people that can help you if you if you don't have answers in some areas or you just want advice about something or whatever the case may be. We want to be there to help you, and so that's something that we've got. Uh, going. So we've got the, like I say, PayPal link. If you scroll all the way down to the close to the bottom of the first page of our website, thinkingoutloudmedia.com, you'll find that there. And then you can text us at any time at 248-301-2010. All right. As we are moving forward with the show, just a couple of things that Kyle and I wanted to talk about just before the show. And so I have a question, Kyle. Um, and for you guys, Kevin. you guys can, um, you guys can let us know and text us and let us know what you think. But I have this constant issue. If anybody knows me, they know I'm a huge social justice guy and not social justice in the bad woke way that people are talking about it now, but just in a way of, I just believe that we should be the hands and feet of Jesus. I hate when I see homeless people on the side of the road. I hate to see people living under bridges and and, all of that stuff. I just hate it. So a lot of times when I roll up on people who are like that, who, you know, they, if they're homeless or they have a sign out, whatever, a lot of times I will give them money. Um, There's sometimes I don't, but there are times that I do. One, I do it because I feel like that's what we should do. Two, I do it especially when my kids are in the car, because I want to train a behavior. And I think it's really good for them to see that we don't just pass people who are in need. We don't just act like they don't exist. We should give uh, in some kind of way. But with all of that said, I struggle with, because a lot of times I pass the same people every single day. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, on the the interstate that I take to go to work in the mornings or, you know, if we're going to church or whatever, there is there are people who are at the off ramps and the exit ramps of the freeway. And mm-hmm. I, you know, there are times that I give these people this, there are times that they're standing there and they are gone. You can tell they're on some type of a drug or they're drunk or whatever the case may be. I still feel bad for them. But I struggle internally a lot of times with giving them 
money on a consistent basis because I'm like, I don't want to enable them. Now, what my stance have, has been in the past is, you know, my job is not to decipher or determine what they should or should not do with their money or what they're going to do with their money or not. What I should be doing is obeying scripture that says we need to take care of the poor, right? So I just give money. And what if they use it to get booze, they use it to get booze. If they use it to get drugs, they use it to get drugs. But that's not my issue. I've obeyed. And now it's their turn to obey or disobey, right? So Kyle, my question for you is, how do you look at this? What do you think as Christians, how should we view this? Because I know it's a struggle that I think we all come to when we're at a light and somebody's holding the sign saying homeless and, and the people who are super young. I see people who are like 30 years old and I'm going, everyone is hiring. Is there a reason why you're not? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, can I help you? And you know, I've even asked people, can I help you get a job? When I was recruiting, I would say, hey, I can get you a job. You know, is there something I can do to help you to get that? Right. So how do you think, Kyle, we should look at that as, as, as Christians? Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah. So I think oftentimes we think. Well, I have to give them something of substance of material, whether it's food or it's money. I think time as well. I mean, if, especially for especially for passing the same people, on I, I deal with it. Michigan Avenue two seventy five. I passed the same couple. Me too. <laughs> and I and so my stance is that anytime I have money on me, and there have been times where I was taking money to work. I budget money. We don't have a whole lot to spend, so. If I have five or six bucks, I'm usually, I, that's for a specific purpose. It's either for a lunch, if I'm going somewhere, if I know I'm going to lunch that day or something, whatever the case is. But if I have it on me, I give it to them. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just something that I go, you know what? I don't, I don't know everything. So I need to do what I know that I'm supposed to do here. I'm, I'm, I'm well off the point to where I don't need this $5 the way they need the $5. Mm-hmm. So I take that stance. But I've often thought, and I'm glad you asked this because I've never acted on it, but I've, I've often thought, why can't I get here a couple minutes earlier, pull my car to the side, get out and talk to them? Whether it's counsel them, whether it's get in their business and say, dude, I've, I see you here every day. For the, amount of, for the last year and a half now, I've seen you here every day. For the amount of money you get in the last year and a half, you've got to be able to budget something in order to get a job, in order to get a room, in order to get something. you got to move, right? I mean, we can have those conversations with them. I think someone like I can, who's clearly invested into them multiple times, you know? So I guess my stance would be taking care of the poor isn't just money, isn't just food. Mm-hmm. Taking care of the poor is mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it's all of those things. The same way that we would take care of anybody in our church. So yeah, if you're in that position where you see the same person, more than money, more than food, give them some time. Mm-hmm. You never know where that, like time enough to say, I'm pulling my car over. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be that person that everybody sees talking to the homeless man. And they probably think you're witnessing to them because that's typically what anybody thinks. (laughs) But you could be, you could be, or you could simply just be trying to help them. Yeah. Take the next step in their journey. Yeah. I just, you know, I, it's crazy, you know, just, just for it to be in America and to see so many people on the side of the road. And for whatever reason, and it's just, it's just, you know, it's just this internal battle. I mean, sometimes, you know, that, that people have, and it's just, it's just so funny. You see certain people stick their hands out the window then others just kind of go by and you just wonder like, what are the people that go by? What are they thinking? Are they thinking like, oh, they're just going to spend it on drugs or oh, that person could so get a job. They're just being whatever. And yes, there or, are, or that person's not even homeless. Yeah. And my dad, you know, it's crazy. My dad, when I was little, I'll never forget. My dad worked for the court system. And so my dad was in court every single day and heard cases. And my dad, he, there was, there was a time that he came home and he said, you know, he said, Kev, you won't believe a couple of people that's a husband and wife. One was on one kind of corner and, and one was on a totally different corner. And they were both holding signs. Come to find out that both of them had really good jobs and made great money and lived in a in a decent, I mean, like a kind of a, a upper middle class neighborhood. And they were just literally doing it for extra money. And, I, you know, I'll never forget that from a kid. I'm just like, how do I know 
like that's who's doing that and who's not doing that. And but I had to get to a point where I said, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like I as a Christian, I need to give. You know, mm-hmm. I need to reach out to somebody. If somebody says that they're homeless, I need to assume the best and just say, you know what, if I got an extra few dollars or whatever, give it to them. Or we could be smart about it and just say, hey, here's a McDonald's gift card or here's a, you know, whatever. Or, hey, let me take. Well, you shouldn't probably take anybody anywhere, but you have to be careful and not be not be unsafe. But but say, hey, you know what? I'll be back with uh, uh, some food or whatever the case. Right. So anyway, I just that's just something that was kind of on my mind and just thought maybe I'd get your perspective on it. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to talk about something pretty heavy today. And I know this is something that unfortunately is debated in evangelical Christian circles. And it's something that I think personally, I, I don't understand why we fight about it. To me, it's it's a it's a main and plain issue in the Bible. But I think there is a lot that has been said over the years and conditioning people to believe opposite of what the Bible actually says about it. And that's the uh, that's abortion. Um, I believe we both believe that abortion is a horrific thing. And I will say this now and I will say this at the end of the show. If you are a person who has had an abortion, there is grace, there is redemption, and there is nothing but 100 percent love from the father. He loves you. There is there. You know, it's not the unforgivable sin. It is not you know, it's not the end of the world. You can come to him in true repentance and he will forgive you immediately and can restore you. So if you're listening to this today and you're like, hey, Kev, you know, I'm I'm one of those ones that that I actually did that. Right. Or or you're one that feel guilty because you've thought about doing it or you could be in a situation right now where you're thinking of doing it or you just did it. Right. Whatever that whatever stage that you're in, understand that there is no condemnation here for you. It's not that you've went too far out of the graces of God at all. So let's be very careful. I want to make sure that I I, I talk about that. But but with that said, abortion is one of those hot topics that people vehemently disagree over. It divides families. It it's it's you know it it divides Christians truly, which is absolutely insane to me. But it it divides Christians, and I I assume with all the listeners that we have that there are listeners out there that's listening to me right now that one hundred percent agree with abortion. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the reasons why people do, and then we're going to talk about what the Bible says about abortion. But let's let's start off with some stats on abortion. And these are staggering. So in the way stats work is a lot of times you don't have stats for the current year that you're talking about. Right. It's usually a year or two in the past, which, you know, where, where it brings up kind of like the latest stats. And so some of the stats I've got here is total number of abortions in the U.S. From 1973 to 2018 is 61.8 million plus. Let that sink in for a second. Total number of abortions in the U.S. So total of lives taken, people who would have been here, who could have been anything, between 73 and 2018, 61.8 million plus. There is 186 abortions per 1,000 live births. This is according to the CDC. You know, everybody's friends with the CDC right now. Mm-hmm. So, let, you know, if you, you, you listen to them about the vaccines, well, listen to them here. 186 abortions per 1,000 live births. U.S. abortions in 2017 was 862,320. Abortions per day is 2,362 plus. So we're, you know, abortions per hour, there's 98 abortions per hour. There is one abortion every 37 seconds. Let, let, just as a, if you're a Christian, you're listening to me, let that sink in. There is every 37 seconds, a baby who has been killed enters into eternity. Yeah. So, so Jesus is welcoming in 
a baby who never had a chance at life every 37 seconds. That is absolutely amazing. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. 13.5 abortions. So there's a there's a lot. So there's a lot here. I mean, and I could keep I could keep on going with all of the the, the stats mm-hmm. and all that, but I think you get the gist of what what I'm saying here, right? Now, yeah. just recently, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he passed this, signed this Texas heartbeat bill. The new law it came into effect not that long ago after the U.S. Supreme Court didn't act on the emergency request by pro-abortion groups to to block it. What it does is it bans abortions once a fetal heartbeat can be detected, which is usually around that six-week mark, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's, and, and it's just been absolute outrage, outrage that this governor has done this. Outrage both on the pro-abortion non-Christian side and also mm-hmm. on the Christian side, we've seen people who have been upset and angry that abortions are being banned at the six-week mark. And it just baffles me that this happens. So let's let's talk about specifically, and if you're a Christian, you're listening to me, you're you're pro-abortion. We have to first agree that the Bible is the infallible Word of God. That's the first thing that we have to stand on, because if we don't believe in the Word of God and we don't believe what the Word of God says, then we're already at a deficit, and we need to now then go back and ask ourselves, why don't we believe the Bible is 100% true and in the yep. infallible Word of God? That's, the, yep. th- that's number one, okay? So let's see what the Bible says about life, all right? And, and wh- how does... What premium does does the Bible put on life? What value does the Bible put on life? And so when we look at Exodus 21, verses 22 through 25, it says, and this is an example. Well, actually, I'm going to uh, let, let me let me do some other scriptures before I do that. Uh, Jeremiah 1 and 5. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Okay, so now this is this is this is God talking here when he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, if he would have said before you were born, I knew you. Eh, there, there, there could have been some right. we could have said something here. We could have said something right. like, well, you know, God didn't know us until, you know, nine months or eight months or he doesn't really put a big value on who we are until a certain month. But it says, before I even formed you in the womb, right? So before, so even though the, the egg's been fertilized, all of that good stuff. So before the eyelids and the ears and the eye hole uh, sockets and all of that stuff was formed, he goes, I knew you. Yep. Right? He says, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to be a, to be a prophet. Listen to Psalms 139, verses 13 through 16. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then it just says, Wonderful are your works. Your My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So before there was any days, before I was even born, it is saying, God, you knew and you wrote in your book all of my days. Before I was even born, right? So I don't know about you, but if if you're a Christian and you're listening out there, God puts a a, a very high value on life from conception. Because he says, even before you were conceived, I knew you. There is a purpose Mm -hmm. for every birth in the earth. 
That, that, that's the best way that I can say that. So there's a purpose for every birth in the earth. So if there is a purpose for a baby before the baby was even born, that tells me that before you had sex with whoever you're having sex with, right? Let's, we're just getting plain here. Before you had sex, God knew you were going to have sex. And he knew that a baby was going to be a result of you having sex. And because you did that, you know, he knew that before he knew the outcome. So he he intentionally had a plan and had a purpose for the outcome of that sexual encounter that you were going to have with that person, whether you were married to that person, not married to that person, whether you were you're in a poor family or a rich family, or whether you he knew that that baby was going to be born in in the alley or in the or in a, the comfort of a hospital or in a field, it doesn't matter. He said, "Listen, I already know it's going to happen, and I've already got a plan, and I've got a purpose, and I've got all of these things for that baby." So this idea that well, but 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 you don't understand. I'm I'm going to be born in a poor family. I don't want this baby to be poor? Well, you just heard in the scripture where it said that before you were even born, I already knew you. I knew you were going to be born in a poor family. I knew you were going to have all these obstacles and these situations. But listen, I've got a plan and I've got a purpose for you. So here's what we have to understand is God puts value, high value on unborn life. Yeah. And I think it's important to, you know, the abortion topic, the reason we're covering it is because Unfortunately, you know, Kevin just rattled off multiple verses where God puts this value on life, but for unfortunately the, the abortion topic, especially as we become more progressive, there's more of a division on where we stand in that. And and there's pastors, both male and female pastors, leaders of churches that have been quoted um being pro-choice where the Bible would be clear enough to say pro-life would be the stance that we would take. And the the latest statistic out is, and it doesn't mean that every woman who claims to be Christian is, but over 70% of the women that get abortions claim Christian identification when it comes to religion. And so either, either we're not reading the Bible or we just choose not to side with God when it comes to the importance and the value of life. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I and I think Kyle, it, it again, guys. I don't care. You could be Republican, Democrat, Independent, Tea Party. Right. I don't care what you right. are, guys. We, as Christians, we have to have a basis where we get our truth. Like we we have to, and where we get our truth is the Word of God, right? And so we that's that's where we get our truth. Now, when you look at so the, a couple of the reasons why people talk about abortion or they feel like they need to get an abortion or that they criticize Christians for not supporting abortion is for the cases of rape and incest. Okay. Now this is, this is something that we need to talk about because it's, it's, it's a, it's a valid question. It is a, it's a, it's a valid, I think you should pause. I don't think it should be you just have a knee jerk reaction. Well, the Bible says it's, it's you know it's a it's a sin to murder, so we're just gonna. I don't you know it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. You need to consider the the young lady that is going through this, right? So imagine. I mean, you, you, I mean, none of us could e- ever imagine unless this has happened to you. And I, I I sincerely, sincerely pray. And if 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 this has happened, I have had I have somebody extremely close to me that has that was raped and uh so i i understand this to very deeply but when we talk about that we should pause because none of us could imagine being raped right somebody forcibly taking something from us in such a uh something so intimate from us in a violent way right so so and i i should say let me and i should have said this ahead of time but I just just a trigger warning here, you know, because if you've been through some of this stuff, there may be stuff that we say today that could be a trigger for you. So just just know that we just want to be careful with that. But but yeah, so people go through these things, right? There are people that are molested as a child by their own family members and they end up 
pregnant with, uh, you know, uh, a family member's uh, baby, right? And so these are awful and horrific things. And I don't think any Christian, whether they are pro-abortion or anti-abortion, would ever say that their heart doesn't go out to the women who have fell victim of, of rape or incest. Here's, here's my question. If somebody does something wrong, and I'll ask you this, Kyle, if someone does something wrong, is it justified for us to now do something else wrong to try to right the wrong that the person did in the first place? Are we to compound sin or compound evil on top of evil in order for evil to be exacted against or, or for retribution to come or justice to come to a situation? I mean, I don't see that supported anywhere biblically. If we're going to stay on the biblical standpoint of things as a Christian, we're not exempted. Like, we don't have exemptions from sin. So... There's a there's a lot of things that happen to us that we can't understand. There's going to be a lot of things in life that that happen to us. They're unwanted. They're undesired. There are situations that not another single person would wish on another single person. Mm-hmm. But it still it still doesn't give us a pass to sin. It just doesn't. It never has in any other situation. And so I don't want to say that and sound inconsiderate, you know, because. The fleshly side of things would be, well, that's an inconsiderate statement. Now you're calling my trauma a reason why I'm sinning. You know, well, unfortunately, we can't, we can't answer sin with sin. We can't meet evil with evil. We just can't do that. And we have to understand that God knows. Yes. He's all powerful. He's omniscient. Like he knows what's going on. And it's hard to say that and say, well, if he knows what's going on, why didn't he stop it? You know, we get into that whole conversation too. But God isn't surprised. He's not shocked by that baby boy or girl that is the effect of what happened. And I just have to believe, like I would with any other situation, Kevin, that God truly does want to make the outcome beautiful for those who love him. Yes. Those who love him. It, it doesn't stop short of rape. Yeah. Or incest, it, it doesn't stop short of that stuff. Yeah, we can't, we can't. I, I can't, you know, I can't go back and say, you know, I'm sorry for what happened to you. What I can do is I can say God can change the future, right? I'm sorry for what happened to you, but I can't go back and change what happened to you. Just like for me, I, I wouldn't expect anybody to be able to go and change what happened to me if it were to happen to me. But I do expect this God that I love and this God that I serve to make this situation beautiful. And I think that we can, we can expect that and we can have faith for that. And so I think that's the next step. I think the next step isn't meeting it with, well, now I have to do something because something was done to me. I think some battles aren't our battles. Mm-hmm. And if something is done to us that we didn't ask for, it doesn't necessarily require us taking control over that situation. Sometimes we have to say, okay, God, this is your battle. I'll do what you ask me to do. And in this case, I believe it would be to raise that child. And if you are faithful to God in that way, I believe then God is going to bless you and take care of you and offer beauty out of that circumstance. It may not look the way that we want it to look, because the way that we want it to look wouldn't be rape. Right. It it wouldn't be molestation. It wouldn't be any of that. Right. The way that we want it to look would be there was a consensual action taking place, and there's already beauty in it because both are expecting that. But there's, there's so many stories out there where... You wouldn't know that the, the child was conceived through one of those scenarios, and it happens to be one of the most phenomenal stories ever taken place. Yeah. And it, it just ha- so happened that the mother, though damaged and traumatized and hurt and having to fight her own personal battles, chose to fight for a life. And um, so I just have to believe that God's bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, and I think another one of the things that people bring up is what about the life of the mother? What if there is a life and death situation where if the baby is is born, that it could uh, take the life of the mother? And I, I just kind of want to give you some some statistics on that, because the, the mainstream media is not going to tell you this. They're not going to read these statistics to you. Why? Because they want to continue the narrative of, of if Planned Parenthood is, 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 is great for women's health. But let, let me let me let me read to you some some statistics. A survey of more than 2.4 million aborting women 
performed by the states of Florida, Louisiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Utah during the years of 1996 to 2020 gives us an accurate estimate of the number of, quote, hard case abortions, since these are the numbers that abortion clinics must report in official documents to these states. Now, think of this. Only 1.14% are done to save the life or physical health of the mother. I mean, just just let, let that sink in. Right. Yeah. So all of this, all of the money that goes to Planned Parenthood, the millions of dollars that goes to Planned Parenthood and the way abortion is, I mean, it is a it is a party platform like it's it's a huge deal. And to say to, to say, well, but women need the right to be able to choose choose what? Because most women are not faced with the rape and incest. Most women are not faced with a life-threatening situation, right? This is a mop and bucket for sexual promiscuity is what it is, right? Yeah. 1.28% is to preserve the mental health of the mother. 0.39% is cases of rape or incest. Point. Mm -hmm. Three, nine percent. I mean, we wouldn't do anything. We would never change a law. We would never put a law in place. We would never do anything for anything else that only affected 0.39% of people. Uh, until COVID came. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and then 0.69% of abortions is for fetal birth defects or eugenics. Only 3.50% for all the hard cases combined. So take all of the all of the abortions that happen, so those 68.1 plus million babies who have been murdered. Right. Take all of those cases. Only 3.5% of those cases were quote hard cases that in, you know include the cases of rape, incest, life of the mother, mental health of the mother, birth defects, all of that, right? Only three point five percent. So I want you to understand when you see all the talk about abortion and how we need to be, you know, with women's rights and all these other type of things, and you know, if we don't, if we don't legalize abortion, then women are going to have back alley abortions and. You know, these women are being raped and you mean to tell me they have to carry the baby of their rapist? Listen, I'm not saying that that's a picnic. I'm not saying that that's not absolutely awful and heart wrenching. And 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 I I get it. I get it, guys. Here's what I'm here's what I'm saying and what Kyle said. As a Christian, I can't talk about what non-Christians do because they I can't hold them to a standard that they don't subscribe to. I am talking to Christians who say that abortion should be legal. And if you don't think that there are Christians, big name Christians who say that, you guys ever heard of Bishop Paul S. Morton? And if you and if you're in the African American church, you know who Bishop Paul S. Morton is. He is one of the leading bishops, one of the most widely respected and loved bishops. I grew up knowing who Paul S. Morton was. He tweeted on September 7th. Now, this is in direct response to Governor Abbott when I was saying that he, that that Texas heartbeat law, this is, this is, this is his response. A bishop, one raped person or one young girl raped from incest is too many. So don't tell me about the one. Jesus would always go after the one, left the 99 sheep to go after the one. With all due respect, your position is wrong. Don't forget about the one. So basically what this bishop is saying is that even though there is a small number of of women who this would happen to, we should never ban abortions. We, We should never ban abortions for everyone. 
because we just have, you know, because what about the one? What what about those cases where women have been raped and, and there's incest or there was a life of the mother or whatever the case may be? <laughs> because we have those, that, that then then that means that we should give a, uh, a just a, you know, a free card to every woman to get abortions. You mean to tell me that 68.1 million plus Babies were were the case of rape and incest. Three point five. Well, let's just go back to the one. I mean, he misquotes the whole freaking context oh, of this. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he he goes after to save the one, but we know how Jesus saves. Sin separates us from God. So Jesus never once looked at somebody and said, "Well, in this case, because I'm saving you, I'm going to allow you to do this because of what was done to you." On the contrary. Jesus Jesus was speaking to his people about their persecution. Yes. And was teaching them how to serve the people who were persecuting them. Yes. I mean, it's completely so he would probably have tweeted Jesus and said, Your position is wrong. Don't forget you went after the one. But when Jesus did go after the one, you think about the woman at the well. You think about the time that he writ in the sand. Every time he never excused their sin. No. He saved them. He gave them grace. And like Kevin said at the beginning of the show, if you've been involved in this, we don't know why things happen to you, but there is grace. There is forgiveness. There is a chance at salvation. If you haven't already taken that, there's, it's all still accessible to you. That's what it means by Jesus going after the one. Those that are lost, those that are completely on the wayside, Jesus don't forget about you. Yeah. Even if you've made a sin that the world can't get over, Jesus still ain't forgetting about you. That's what that means. And on top of that, he's going to tell you, go and sin no more. Yeah. Like, like he's going to go after the one to correct the one. Because if he just goes after the one and puts the one back in with the rest of the 99 sheep, that one's going to get lost again unless correction is made. And for a bishop to come out and tweet that... I stand against his position as a bishop. I think that there needs right. to be a little more biblical literacy there if I'm going to call someone bishop. Here's the thing, and I, I 100% agree with you, I, but here's the thing. It doesn't go with his narrative. Like that's, no. that's the thing. And you know what? I don't like calling people out on this show, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I will not. I will not allow people. I've said this before on the show. You guys expect us to give you correct information. You guys expect anybody that's especially in ministry to rightly divide the word or speak properly to scripture. I'll tell you right now, this is an absolute butchering of the scripture. The scripture has yeah. not, you cannot use that scripture to then support abortion. Like it is the, I don't, I literally have no words to describe how, how wrong this is. Right. And so right. I don't care if you're bishop, doctor, senator, I don't care who you are. I lose tons of respect for you, one, as a fellow minister, because I go, I know you know better. And if you don't know better, you are you are intentionally twisting scripture. Right. To make it, it makes me wonder if like he if there's an, like if he's moving like I'm not trying to like assume this but when when pastors make such an outlandish statement and they use the Bible to promote a very sinful agenda I wonder if there's somewhere he's going with that like if there is an outside influence for him to post that for a following on Twitter right yeah like otherwise I just don't understand yeah no I it's you know uh, he. He did another tweet. He says, I, and, and this was also on September 7th, I don't claim to know everything, but I do know I read and understand clearly. And, the, and I think this was a response to somebody. And the Texas bill states no exception for incest or rape. Shame on Texas. That is an abomination. I can also see clearly for those of you who say the insurrection on January 6th was peaceful. Let's be clear, we are not stupid. This is your Bishop Paul S. Morton. And I know there's some of you listening who love Bishop Morton. And 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 you you will get angry at me because I'm calling him out. But listen, guys, I am gonna always call we can we can disagree on oh you know, women in the church or you know, women preaching and women, like all the secondary issues that people have. Right, I don't care about the secondary issues. If you don't want women preaching in your church, they don't have them preaching in your church. If you don't think that 
you know, if you think once saved, always saved, think once saved, always saved, right? Whatever. Do your thing. But when it comes to the main and plain things of Scripture that are not secondary issues, where the Bible clearly states, and we, we can go, again, we can go back to Scripture. What did the Bible say? In Exodus 20 and verse 13, and I'm sure Bishop Morton knows the Ten Commandments. All right, let's, let's get real here. I'm sure he knows the Ten Commandments. Well, what are the Ten Commandments? <laughs> He's got to know the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments is, well, one of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, 13 is, you shall not murder, right? So when it, when it says thou shalt not kill, that word kill there literally means murder or to take innocent life. What has the baby done that puts them in the category of not innocent? Well, and some people are going to say, and this is probably where a lot of Christians, this is probably where they they take their, their view differently than what we take our view, is they're going to say, well, that's not necessarily, and you've covered this with scripture already, but, well, that's not necessarily life form. Well, if you're not going to take the word of God for it, take science for it. If we are extracting fetuses, if we are extracting babies from the womb and taking organs from them and other life-giving features from them to put inside of medicine and to use for other people. If there's organs, there's an organism. Yep. And so if there's organs inside of that fetus that are going to benefit the same type of organ from someone else's body, that's a human body. Let's, Let's just call it what it is and stop acting ignorant for our own preference. Right, right. And th- and that's truly what it is. I mean, and I would respect people more if they just came to me and said, hey, Kevin, I realize the Bible is against abortion, but I- that's just something I don't agree with. I just don't care. And I- I'm going to support it like that. Th- I would respect you more if you were just honest and said you don't care than for you to try to twist scripture to make it fit what you want to do or what you think people should be able to do. It's just, you know, if you think about this Georgia senator, Georgia state senator, Raphael uh, Warnock. I remember he was running for Senate. And mm-hmm. this is the guy who he was a pastor. I can't remember the name of the church, but it's a kind of a historic church that he's the pastor of. And he does not support any, any restriction. So you Georgia people, and I know I've got Georgia listeners. He doesn't support, support any restrictions on abortion. And and he literally said that such a position fits in with his Christian worldview because he has adopted the abortion industry narrative that abortion is healthcare. So he believes that having an abortion and allowing people to have an abortion fits in with the Christian worldview. You tell me where any scripture that I've read on this on this show so far that it fits into the Christian worldview to murder babies. I'll wait. King Herod wanted to murder babies. Yeah. See what happened to him. It is, you know, he, he says, this Warnock, Georgia state senator, I believe that health care is a human right. And I believe that it is something that the richest nation in the world provides for its citizens. And for me, Reproductive justice is consistent with my commitment to that. I believe unequivocally in a woman's right to choose and that the decision is something that we don't want government engaged in. That's between her and her doctor and her minister, he said. (laughs) When Bryant asked him, because this is a reporter asking him, do you think it's consistent with God's view? that God endorses the millions of abortions we've had in this country since Roe v. Wade, Warnock replied, I think that human agency and freedom is consistent with my view as a minister. Human agency and freedom as a minister. <laughs> as a because minister. Because those, those are the two things that guide you as a minister. Yeah. Yeah. Never once did he say the word of God. Yeah. Not, not one time. and. You know, again, and I've said this, I think, on other shows, but I don't want to hear terms like Black Lives Matter if black babies are being aborted by, I mean, and and I didn't pull those statistics specifically for this show, but there's some past shows that I've talked about this. 
but but if you look at the statistics of how many black people black babies are being aborted it's literally genocide it's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous so don't tell me that black lives matter i don't want to hear it because until you stop in in whether it be Jesse Jackson Al Sharpton this Warnock guy, Bishop Paul Morton, and every single other bishop, apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and whoever else you are out there, until you be and, and until you look at the word of God for what the word of God actually says, and most of you have been to seminary, most of you have been to Bible college, most of you know how to rightly divide the word of God, but you choose to continue. To say things like this and lead millions of people astray and they look to you as ministers until you get back to the word of God. I don't want to hear your chants of black lives matter because black lives don't matter if you are killing babies in the womb before they ever get a chance. There's no excuse for the murder of innocent babies. There's no excuse. And if you're a minister of the gospel, you ought to be shame. You ought to be ashamed of yourself to open, to part your lips, to say that God would sanction any murder of any innocent baby. You should be ashamed of yourself. And if you're in a church where they promote and they're good with abortion, I don't normally say this, but I'd leave that church because if they have the wrong view of life and the value of life, mm-hmm. when the scripture clearly speaks that, <laughs> mm-hmm. I promise you they are way off on other things. Because if you don't understand those plain scriptures, how in the world are you going to understand all of the other scriptures in the Bible that some of them you got to even dig even deeper to understand? Right. Not a political statement, folks. It's a biblical statement. This is not a political stance. This is a biblical stance. And we have to get back to Bible, even if it defies our sensibilities, even if it doesn't make us, quote, feel good, even if it looks like or feels like that we're being mean to people. Let God handle situations, right? So, well, I just want to make sure that these women have the right to to get the help that they need. If you are so concerned about women getting the rights and the things that they need, be prepared to take their baby, right? So they don't have to have the baby by the aborted person or the incestual relationship. Be Stand at the abortion clinic and be ready to take their baby. Don't tell them, oh, no, it's good because something bad happened to you. Take their baby and also put initiatives in to your churches where where people can go in and they're able to adopt these babies. Because some of these women don't even know the options that they have because we have pastors like Warnock and Bishop Paul Morton that is that is that is 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 supporting abortions. So they think that's the only avenue that they have. You think a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old girl is researching this stuff? No. All they know is they're scared. They don't want their parents to know that they're pregnant. They don't want their friends to know that they're pregnant. They don't want anything. They have no idea that there are support agencies out there that will help them through a difficult time like this. But if you keep promoting abortion as if abortion is the only option, that is what this generation is going to know. And I promise you, the blood will be on our hands. It's not going to be on my hands because I will never support a politician, a pastor, a teacher, evangelist, or whoever that supports abortion. Just not going to happen. Right. Well said. Not backing down, not changing my stance, not entertaining things that are outside of the word of God. Just not happening. Right. right? One more. One more scripture I want to read, but right before we, we close the show today, I want you to understand what this is another value that God puts on life. Exodus 21, 23 through 25. So what it says, if people are fighting and hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fine, whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. So basically what the scripture is saying is if there's a fight 
uh, that ensues and somebody who is who is pregnant is injured in that fight and the baby dies or is seriously injured yeah if the baby dies that person is to be killed you tell me you tell me <laughs> i I, li- I barely can speak you tell yeah. me if that scripture supports abortion so if you had to if you had to take that scripture and you say well i need to know if god supports abortion or not supports uh, doesn't support abortion if you had to have those two those those two sides of the aisle right and you read this scripture could you even come close to thinking that that meant that god didn't care about the life in that womb nope but we have ministers that do we have ministers that do and that's why we have to do what we do guys we're not we're not putting a topic like this out because we're picking on people who have gotten abortions, who are thinking about getting abortions. We love you. We care about you. And if you've been through that, we're sorry. That's horrible. And if we could go back and change time, we would. We would do it for you. But the truth of the matter is, is we've got a lot of leaders, Christ-like leaders, that are just, they're not speaking Christ's verbiage. And so if we're going to do what we feel like we're called to do, we have to have topics like this to write the ship and at least give a biblical perspective. Text us. Give us some feedback. 248-301-2010. You can do it live right now. 248-301-2010. You know, I encourage your feedback. I, if you, if there's some scripture, there's something that you, you, I'm just missing it somewhere. Let us know. I'll be happy to, to, to listen to you. But I, I will tell you, I've not found one scripture yet that supports this. And then this is really more for Christians right? This is, this is for Christians who support it. And so we, we want your feedback. And again, we, we appreciate you guys who are standing up for life. And, and don't get me wrong. I think it should be life from womb to tomb, period. So if you think I'm one of those people who believe in, you know, who, who, who don't believe in abortion, but then I turn around and I have uh, other issues with life and I'm not there for people, I'll, be, I'll gladly take your baby. I wanted five kids anyway. I only have two. So you, 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 you know, I, 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 I'm not joking. Like I, I, I will, I will take your baby. Like I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm going to put my actions behind my words. Right. I, I'm yep. not, you know, so, so let's, let's be, let's be, let's folks, let's be biblical. That's, that's, that's the point here. And so we love you guys. And I know I got fired up. We get fired up about this stuff, but yeah. I get fired up about the Bible. I get fired up about life. And it's important. And as Christians, we've got to be the torch bearer, barrier there. So, barrier? No, bearer. Uh, <laughs> Listen, he he uh, he gave you the phone number to to reach us at, which again is two four eight three zero one two zero one zero. But you can also reach us on Facebook and Instagram, Thinking Out Loud Podcast. You can comment, message us on either one of our pages, and we we'd love to hear your feedback. We're gonna respectfully respect your opinion we'll do it with dignity whether we agree or we don't agree we wouldn't have these topics if we all just agreed so go ahead give us your feedback help us understand the pulse of the conversation and we'd love to have those conversations with you yeah absolutely well guys we love you so much and as you're as we're winding down uh, the show last thing i want to say is if you want to give to the show you want uh, to hear more content like we're doing today, standing up for life, standing up for freedom, standing up for the things that are biblical, won't you go to our website, Thinking Out Loud Media, thinkingoutloudmedia.com. And if you go there uh, on that first page, if you scroll down almost to the bottom, you'll see a donate button. You can go donate through PayPal there and you can set up for recurring payments or you can set up just a one-time payment. No payment is too big. No payment is too small. I know there are some of you out there who can make big payments. You, you, you know, God might be speaking to you to do that. Do it. You know, if, if it's somebody out there that says, Hey man, I can only afford, you know, 25 bucks a month or a one-time payment of $10, whatever the case may be. We just encourage you to do that. And we appreciate that. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Week.